The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. You are surprisingly not still hungover from the Kentucky Derby festivities, friend. Today, I'm joined by Steve Marek, staff, staff writer of Hale Varsity. Steve, thanks for being on, man. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me, Greg. I'm, I'm great. I uh, did not um, have the... Uh, <laughs> horse racing festivities that you apparently did okay. yeah so okay so next year you you and Casey are gonna have to come over we're gonna have to do this thing up hopefully there's yeah. no baseball um because what we decided to do this year my wife and I we we had been like this has been a long-standing thing and I've actually talked about this on the show before I think last year around the Kentucky Derby we had planned on having because we really like the Derby we were gonna have like this big Derby party and like have people come over they dress up you wear hats we're gonna have wow. bourbon we have all sorts of stuff but that was like then COVID hit and mm. so ever and then the the race got pushed back that year and obviously we weren't going to do it and then it's just been weird so we just haven't done it yet but that is a, in the works for us at some point and so what we did this year was we just had our own little biscuits and bourbon deal where we had two different types of old fashions i didn't go mint julep because i just like she doesn't really like mint so i would have just been drinking them myself <laughs> um and so and we made two different types of biscuits but we started drinking the bourbon and the old fashions way before we even started prepping the food. Yeah. And so we had to take a little break. It, yeah, it, it was a deal. We, we made it through, <laughs> though. I did make it uh, to see Rich Strike win and what ended up being a really great race. Yeah, I'm not a huge horse guy, but like, how can you not be like on Derby Day? Uh, so I okay. kind of just um, followed along as much as I could. And yeah, the the video of Rich Strike winning that thing was pretty crazy i don't know if i've seen anything really like that about how how quickly he came up from behind and and uh, won that thing so that was really cool yeah, it was it was definitely an, an awesome race. Always a fun day. Uh, but each week uh, of the show, we have a couple of segments that are mainstays of the show. The first one is called Coach Speak, where we go over something that a coach, player, or talking head said, and we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant. Coach Speak to Real Talk. Um, this week comes courtesy. It's a little remix. It comes courtesy of Nebraska baseball coach Will Bolt, um, who actually had this to say after the team series loss um, against Iowa previous to this weekend. And I'll explain why this relates to this past weekend in a second. He said, quote, I thought we played at an extremely high level this past weekend. That's what I told the team. You're not going to win every game. You just have to put yourself in position to play good baseball. If we do that down the stretch, I like their chances. Now, after that series loss, Nebraska had another huge series this weekend against Minnesota in which they lost the series and lost two out of three um, over the weekend. Steve, you were you were covering the team. What does all of this mean? And what does it what does it mean that the team then went out again in a must win series and lost the series again? Let's break that down. Yeah, so. You brought up a good point with uh, what Coach Bolt said about the uh, Iowa series because I do think that they played played really well. They they took Iowa, which is one of the better teams in the conference, to the ninth inning basically, and in all and in all the and in, in the two losses that they wound up 
um, doing against the Hawkeyes. But yeah, they played well against the Hawkeyes. Um, they blew them out in that first um, game of that doubleheader, um, but then just um, played them tough. But but it kind of led you believe, to believe that maybe they're, they were starting to turn the corner. And then like when they go to a place like Minnesota, last in the Big Ten, a, a really struggling uh, baseball team, you thought that there was a chance that they could get out, get out of there with at least two wins, uh, maybe even a sweep. Mm-hmm. But boy, um, that did not happen. Obviously, um, they and they're, they're just there's no consistency with the program right now. Um, the offense really, really struggled to score to score runs on a pitching staff on a gopher pitching staff that was not really that great. I think their team ERA was over six coming into that game and they just could not, there was a stretch of 14 innings where that, where Nebraska's offense scored one run, I believe. Um, Just going back from that Saturday night, uh, 12 inning, 12 inning game. Uh, So yeah, it's, it was not a really great way to rebound um, and, and kind of build off of what was a series loss to Iowa. But like I said, I think they still played well and showed that they, they have the capability of playing up to some really good opponents but boy, when they're also like playing down to their competition also. And we saw that this weekend, uh, this past weekend at Minneapolis. Yeah. And it's one of those things to where the, the theme of the season to, to me seems to be the inconsistency um, that Nebraska baseball has had that. And the fact that like it's it's rough because they had such high hopes coming into this season. Yeah. And obviously we're way into it now of, you know, them not living up to those expectations, being ranked in the preseason and all of that, and having so much hope coming off of last season. You had so much interest with kind of the young kids coming in as well. Like, so what, why, why do you think that the team has just been so inconsistent and up and down this year? Well, I think it's because uh, to me personally, I think you have to look at the offense and how they're not really um, scoring. They're getting some solid pitching, some solid starting pitching and the bullpen. Some of the, some of the guys coming out of the bullpen have had really nice seasons. But if you look at the, how the offense stacks up compared to everybody else in the conference, they're last Nebraska is last in the conference in team batting average they are, I have it written down here, they're, they're first in strikeouts. Um, okay. So it's just, those are two things. Those are two categories that you do not want to be like last in and they're last and they're uh, last and first in both. So uh, it's, it's just not the consistency isn't there. The run scoring isn't there. Sometimes I feel bad for the Nebraska pitchers out there like Shea Shanneman um, and the Olsen, um, you know, Dawson McCarville's had kind of a rough stretch recently, but uh Cody Frank has also been really stellar on, on the mound. Those guys are doing work. They're doing their jobs, but the, mm-hmm. they're just not getting run support behind them. And yeah, it's just the inconsistency from the offense is kind of the biggest culprit. Um, so it just kind of makes you think like those guys off of last year's team who did really, really well, they're gone now. Maybe they meant more, you know, mm-hmm. offense and and maybe even to as, as a leadership standpoint, even coming from a leadership standpoint, they, I think this just kind of, that the team is struggling to uh, maybe have that leadership and, and kind of, you know, for a young team, there's a lot of young guys playing. I think that's kind of a big, big deal. And so, and that's where, and it's interesting too, because I think that sometimes in sports, this happens a lot where we'll get to it in a little bit, but it's also happening in football where you have on the defense for football, you have a lot of um, veteran guys that played a lot of snaps that are, that have left that team for various reasons, mm-hmm. mostly due to graduation and going out to the NFL. Um, and, and you kind of say, okay, well, we like the talent coming up behind them, but it's not always so easy. It was similar in baseball. You like the talent kind of mm-hmm. coming up behind them, but sometimes it's not so easy to just plug those guys in 
in and you kind of and I think it's natural for everyone. You can kind of skip over just how much it means to have that kind of veteran presence and those guys that have been there, done that, who are also talented and the value of getting those games um, under your belt. Right. Like there's just no real replacement for having that experience. So I guess where would so from here now with Nebraska having lost that series, uh, well, back to back series, series losses now um, are where are they at in terms of the Big Ten tournament and what they have to do to then get in and, and try and make some noise? Yeah, so they're not totally out of it right now, but it's bottom of the barrel. Like you need to start <laughs> winning right now and and don't put your kind of hopes in other people's uh, uh, hands here. So they're right. tied uh, right now with Northwestern for ninth in the conference. And as as we all know, eight teams qualified to make the Big Ten tournament. So yeah, they're they're tied with uh, Northwestern right now. Um, and I think Northwestern Northwestern's uh, last two series they play. Purdue and Minnesota. So Purdue is eighth in the conference right now, I think, and they have a losing record. They're seven and nine in the conference, I think. So who knows, who knows um, how that series is going to go. Northwestern has been scuffling of of recent. They've just got uh, swept by Ohio state, which is kind of a poor look for the, for the Wildcats because Ohio state's not that good either. So um, yeah. So Northwestern's got, uh, Purdue and Minnesota coming up and Nebraska is playing a pretty good Illinois team. Who's a Sherlock to make the conference tournament. And then after that, um, Michigan state who is like Nebraska and needs some um, help to, to work up and qualify for the conference tournament. So yeah, anything could happen right now, but boy, you, if you're Nebraska, you really wish that you could come out of Minnesota with three wins instead of just one. Yeah, that, that's going to be tough. And it's one of those where it feels like you'll look back at the end of the year um, if you happen to just miss by like a game or something yeah. like that. And and you're like, boy, if we had only gotten one or two more here or there, especially that that weekend series against Minnesota, it's tough. Um, we'll see. We'll keep kind of keep an eye on that because I still like the future prospects of this team. I think they've got mm-hmm. a really bright future. You just got to make it work in the meantime, right? And I think it would be important for this group of guys to really put it together and then kind of make that push to get into the tournament. Uh, there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
uh, to at least see what can happen. Um, but one of the other things, Steve, that I definitely wanted to get to you uh, or get to talk to you about here today is I found something really interesting. So we had t- we talked about this a little bit in Slack, but I actually think you had to do baseball and we couldn't really get deep into it, is that we saw some Vegas odds come out for Nebraska that had them at 7.5 as the over-under for Nebraska's win total. And it, I'm still kind of chewing on that, to be honest. And we're just going to workshop this here. <laughs> That's what we do on this podcast, right? It's my show. So one of the things that I find interesting is we've had this kind of up and down feeling when it comes to Nebraska football this offseason. There have been things that have happened, the Oshaw Mathis news, that make you go, oh, okay, we, they could have something cooking. The Devin Drew news kind of is in that same realm. Mm-hmm. And then you hear like coaches talk about, say, the offensive line being a work in progress, or Scott Frost comes out, and he's angry about practice. Like, and you're just like, oh, I just don't know. We haven't seen anything. So it's just been an up and down offseason in the spring game happened and no one knows what to do with that so i guess I, it's, this is a temperature check on on may 9th monday may 9th for you like w- the over under 7.5 right this second how are you feeling about that um boy 7.5 um i don't know i'm, I'm gonna have to go under on that um uh, i don't know if i'm <laughs> in the minority or not on that but uh yeah, there's just still a lot of like questions. Like I, I just got done um, writing a piece for for hellvarsity.com and it's going to mm-hmm. come out later this week that I was kind of breaking down the defensive line and, and what's coming back and what's being added. And and sure, like O'Shawn Mathis, like that guy's a stud on a big on a big 12 football field. He is. Mm-hmm. He can get to the quarterback. He's shown that he can do that. Devin Drew has played a lot of snaps and, and played a really tough position in a three front defense in Texas Tech for two seasons. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering how their games are going to translate from playing against Big 12 pass happy spread offenses um, of, of the Big 12 to the Big 10, where, you know, they're going to bring in more tight ends, maybe a fullback sometimes. And you're going to have you're going to have to try to run you're going to have to try to stop the run. Um, that's, that's where I'm wondering how this defense is going to be because there's potential to be a pretty good pass rushing team. I think mm-hmm. with Mathis um, and just kind of hit having him out there. Maybe that creates more one-on-ones for a guy like uh, Garrett Nelson, for a guy like Caleb Tanner, who you could stick out there too on like a third and long situation. So you'll have like Mathis Nelson and then throw Caleb Tanner in there too. I mean, mm-hmm. Eric Schneider's got to be, you know, having a really fun time trying to draw up ways to get those guys on the field at the same time. But it's those first and second down um, situations where I think like, you know, our big 10 offense is going to look at Nebraska's defense and, and kind of, all right, let's run at this thing and see if they can consistently stop the run in the middle. So there are just a lot of questions. And then on the offense, it's like, it's a new system. It's, it's Mark Whipple's system. It's a new quarterback for the first time in four years here. Uh, (laughs) Right. A running back needs to emerge. Uh, a leading receiver needs to emerge. Is Travis Vokalek able to step on the field and kind of be that leader, um, kind of step into Austin Allen's role? I, I don't know. There's just a lot of things um, to be to be seen yet. And for me to go above a 7.5 win, that's a lot of confidence in that they're going to do it. And so I would just like – I'm not saying that they're not able to do that, but I do want to see it first on the field before I say I'm going to go over with 7.5 wins. Look, the enormous counterpoint to that, and I and I don't disagree with anything that that you're saying. There, I think we're in line in a lot of that, almost all of it, um, is that the the schedule. 
like, and I hate yeah. being that guy. Like, I, I really like, and I didn't like, and I'm to be totally honest. And you guys have known this has been going for a couple of years. You've heard me say this before. I don't like blaming a tough schedule for things going wrong. I don't really like being like, oh, it's a soft schedule, so they're going to do like it, it's just tough. Like, you got to play the teams that are in front of you. And Nebraska needs to focus, and this has been true, all, like definitely for the last handful of years. Focus on the team that's in front of you. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You never know what that team is going to be like because Nebraska has had these quote-unquote tough schedules and these runs where it seems like it's going to be really tough and maybe those teams have an injury or two or are disappointing and they're not as good and you've seen it on the flip side of that too where teams are better than expected too so you just never know when it comes to the schedule but that being said Nebraska's schedule to start the season does set itself up very nicely for a team to really be able to kind of get some runway. And, and I think that they're going to need that. You were talking about all those different question marks that they have, mm-hmm. and, and it's true, there are, and there are a lot of them. But when you start the season, your first three games are Northwestern, who was not very good last year. We're counting on that Pat Fitzgerald bounce back, but they've got a ton of questions. And I think we're going to get more into that as we get closer to the season. Like, they've got a lot to replace as well. But Northwestern is the first game. Then North Dakota. Georgia Southern, even Oklahoma is a team that is going to be a high variance team, right? I've seen some stuff that has them in the top five preseason, which is nuts to me. And it, right, yeah, I see that look. Um, Derek Peterson was actually the one that told me that, and he showed it to me, and I was like, "What is going on?" Uh, and so, but I've seen it where they could be preseason not ranked, right? And I think that's probably a little bit more realistic. Um, and but you also get that team at home, right? And then you've got Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois to close out October before you hit that real tough stretch um, where you play Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, and who knows where Nebraska is at the end of the season. Because if you start off very well, and this is a team that I'm still waiting to see what it happens for Nebraska, if they actually do start well and get some momentum and some confidence, because that's one of those things we talk about pass rush being something we haven't seen them have. We haven't seen them have that confidence either because, Oh, by the way, Scott Frost at Nebraska has not won three games in a row. Yeah. Like, let that sink in. He is Scott Frost at Nebraska has not won three games in a row as coach. So we do not know what what would happen if this team actually got on a roll or got some wind under their sails, I think is how he described it um, a couple of years back. And so there's just so many questions. But I do think that the schedule really helps them. That being said, 7.5 is still a high number to me. Like I still, I still, I would be, I'm, so I would many be wins. uncomfortable. That's so many wins for a program that has not had that many um, in a yeah. long time. Like it, it's just been a while. What I, what I want to make, if I could like do a counter to your counter. Okay. If that's like possible with, with the, with the easier schedule. Yeah, it does uh, kind of set up nicely for them to potentially have a good start to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really want to like see from this program and from Scott Frost as a head coach is to have his team win the games that he's supposed to yeah, win. The teams that so, you have more talent than exactly. on paper, the, which the is a Illinois, lot of these teams. Yeah. The Illinois, the Purdue's um, just that he hasn't shown that he can consistently beat those teams in the West that he needs to beat. So until he does that, I'm not going to like go out on a limb and, and kind of pick them. So Northwestern is a great, great mm-hmm. test right now because on paper it looks like nebraska should go to dublin beat northwestern come back 
have two non-conference wins right before a big game with Oklahoma, who, like you said, has a ton of questions themselves. Yeah, they so, could be really good or they could be really bad. Like, I have could. no idea what's going to happen. with. Yeah, them. I have no idea how Dylan Gabriel is going to yeah. uh, transition to Big 12. I have no idea how that's going to go. But, uh, yeah, so it starts off with, I mean, yeah, that's why, you know, we, we uh, talked about this question in a mailbag a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I think. Is Northwestern um, kind of a North uh, – winner uh, must win game right yeah i think it is i think it's a game that you know people look and people look at and say okay nebraska is better than northwestern on paper they need to win that game if they don't that's going to put such a damper on the season just like it did last 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 year in uh champagne against illinois so mm-hmm. man i i just really for me to go up and kind of go over or, or think they're gonna be around 7.5 wins i just you need to show it against the teams that you were supposed to beat and they haven't done it for four years now. So but that actually gives a great path to getting there though. If you really think about it, like, and I honestly, if, if they beat the teams that they in theory should be expected to beat this season, and especially in, in that first run of the year, like they, they can hit that. It's just, mm-hmm. you don't have the confidence that they're going to do that because you haven't no. seen it. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, if they call it fair or unfair. It just is what it is at this point. But I also think it goes to what has been kind of the overall theme. I think from a lot of people listening to this, a lot of the fan base are in prove it mode, right? They don't want to hear so yeah. much about kind of the off season victory and all of that and i know that becomes like this running joke but i think that in a way it's true because i think people are just waiting to see what the product ends up being on the field the way i describe this offseason for nebraska is that nebraska has done almost everything in its po- in its power to put itself in position to have a, su- a more successful season now they have to just go out and do it now we've got a little bit of time right we, you knock on wood no injuries or anything like that hopefully you get a, even a couple of more additions but i yeah. think that if you had asked me uh, at the end of the season when the final buzzer hit for that Iowa game, if they were going to be able to do some of the things that they've gotten accomplished this offseason, I would have told you there's no way in the world. If you just say, would they have been able to get a Casey Thompson? Would they have been able to get Mickey Joseph to come here? Would they have gotten Osha Matz? I would have told you no way. Um, and so, but the fact they put themselves in position and they can have a fairly successful season. The degree of that is going to yeah. be um, kind of the thing. And to do that, though, Northwestern, Northwestern, Northwestern to steal a line from James Franklin. Um, you got to focus on that first team uh, that they have on the docket. We'll have plenty more on that leading up to the season. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. 
Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Uh, because every week we end the show with my favorite segment of the week called Put Them on Blast, where we basically put someone on blast for something that they did or said. Put them on blast. I'm going to go first on this one. Um, Antonio Brown. Listen, listen. And there's a lot of different ways to go with Antonio Brown. But I saw a clip uh, a couple of days ago and made sure to save it where Antonio Brown, and I don't have, forgive me, I don't know the, the show that he was actually on and talking about this, somehow got talking about Colin Kaepernick and how Colin took the money in the settlement from the NFL. Therefore, he needs to go away. And he was trash. And he's not seeing Colin out here working. And I just don't understand. Like, there's so much there, so many layers. One, number one, I just want to say this up front. Like, no one appointed Antonio Brown as the person that needs to be the spokesperson for speaking on issues. Like, we got it. Like, I don't, we don't need more Antonio Brown thoughts on various things. Sorry, Antonio. Uh, number two, what do you mean you don't see him working? He literally was just had these open tryouts uh, to throw to receivers. That just happened. Like, not, like was that a, not even a month ago that that happened? That was Michigan's spring game. Yeah, I know it, the time flies, but like that, it wasn't that long ago when that happened. And there were receivers that went out there and did it um, and said he looked pretty good. Number three, uh, didn't Antonio quit? on his team in the middle of a game like didn't that just happen um so I, I just don't know man Antonio Brown you have to go on blast like I just don't understand why like I do kind of understand why he needs to be so outlandish um and, and has to continue to keep himself in the news and now I'm talking about him so he's keeping himself in the news uh but no Antonio Brown for all of those reasons and many 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 more uh you have to go on blast yeah, that's a good one. And I'm 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 never gonna try to break down what goes through Antonio's <laughs> Antonio's head there. So that's a that's a good one. Um for my put him on blast, I'm gonna go with uh, Sacramento Kings owner uh, Vivek Ranadive. Okay. Or picking the right head coach in Mike Brown to lead the organization for the next four years, but he needs to go on blast for having Mark Jackson as the <laughs> as almost winning this <sighs> job. I mean, oh my gosh, I would have I don't know. As as probably one of the only uh, Sacramento Kings fans in this state, I assume <laughs> I am. Um, I I would have had a mental breakdown if it was Mark Jackson. I'm I'm super glad that it's Mike Brown. Give me give me Mike Brown. I I like that guy. But boy, hand down, man down. I wouldn't have. Done well for that. <laughs> I feel like here's the thing, and I'm laughing because I what the I told you this. The sole reason why I wanted Mark Jackson to get that Sacramento Kings job yeah. is to keep him the hell away from the Lakers job. And I don't I have I have very little faith that he's not gonna turn up and end up being that guy. Now I saw the thing that the Lakers interviewed Terry Stotts here recently. He's okay. Um I still want them to just wait it out um and, and talk to Nick Nurse. Like I still think that that needs to be the thing. And that's what one of the things that's and that's to turn this into and I said this every week i'm going to not yell about the lakers and i do it anyway one of the things that's extremely frustrating about cheering for the lakers is that they're always linked to these really big names and they have realistic chances at getting them and then those guys end up kind of doing a deep dive into the organization and going oh no i don't want to be around there right and this happens all the time like you saw the thing what was the coach oh the coach of the jazz quinn snyder like there were the reports that he was interested in the job and then kind of did a look and oh, no you got guys that like you got kurt rambis sits in on coaches meetings what like who does stuff like that what if the lakers were actually just competently run like i don't yeah. <laughs> like what would happen then well, they win all the time anyway without it like what would happen if they were well run i don't know if you agree with this but i we're, we're kind of in the same boat 
Well, I mean, I, I'm sure if like anybody really kind of looks inside what's going on in Sacramento, that's going to be like, oh, yeah. I don't want to do this with this guy who owns a team who looks like he knows nothing about basketball and lets his son run some stuff who don't, knows nothing about basketball. <laughs> so that's what I'm dealing with over there in Kingsland. So, um, but yeah, the Lakers situation is always hilarious for a Kings fan in the offseason. Yeah, I guess. I mean, every I don't get like no one here is like pouring any out for me. Like no one wants yeah. to like give me sympathy <laughs> on this. It's fine. I, it's totally fine. I'll, I'll take it from you guys um, anyway. And I and I almost did it. I almost made it through the nep- the episode uh, without yelling about the Lakers. And, and we'll end up doing a whole episode if they hire Mark Jackson. Just be warned now. Um, it'll be one full put them on blast for Mark Jackson. Uh, but that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, subscribe to the show everywhere you listen to uh, podcasts. Rate us. Leave us a five-star review if you only leave four i'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that make sure you're checking out the other podcasts on the hill varsity network the mind your own podcast varsity club nebraska preps post game show and the hill varsity radio show also check out the hill varsity youtube page i'm back on there uh, with another recruiting question video of the week be back on there later this week with another football video with, with steve mark as well you can get at us on twitter at greg smith hb at steve underscore mark we will catch you guys next week a Huda Media Production.